Hello and welcome to Frameskip. This is your weekly dose of video game news and discussions. I'd like to time to thank you for joining us and hope you enjoy the show. If you do, remember to subscribe and give us a nice review. It really helps the show. Unless you don't like it, then don't say a word. As <laughs> always, I am joined by the ladies' man, Elijah Steele. Hello there. What's up, buddy? Oh, nothing too much. Hot day at work. How about yourself? Yeah, yeah. Uh, same. I, I had to go into work for overtime last night, and it really was terrible. It was a terrible night. Yikes. Yeah, I had to I go in know. at midnight. So, so what are your what are your shifts typically like, Seth? What what time do you go in? Because I know you work night shift, but I wasn't mm-hmm. exactly sure what the timing of that was like. I work seven to seven. Okay. Yeah. So normally, like like you'll see that with a lot of manufacturing jobs, because so what a twelve hour shift allows you to do in a manufacturing job is get more days off during the week. So I only yeah. I really only work three or four days a week, um, and that all that alternates. That's why the show changes recording days, and. Um, yeah, that, that, was, that was pretty much okay. the only thing I, would, I need to say. But what, what, what is funny is because of coronavirus, they have the gates locked so that you have to get a security clearance to come in. And the security gates are only open during the shift change times. So like last night, the machine, oh. went, the machine went down. So they called our whole tour in. <laughs> and uh, we, sat at, we sat at the gate for 45 minutes while the security guard was asleep. Wow. Yeah. And I was like buzzing. I was like, hey. I actually had to call in. I actually had to call into work and be like, "Hey, you guys need to get on the radio and tell him to wake up and open the gate for us because we're out here waiting." So that was that was fun. Jeez. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, as you heard, as always, that's the amazing Austin Eller, our fabulous producer of the show. I love how you say "as always," but I've like been on and off like the last month. <laughs> yeah, you keep dying and coming back to life. It happens. We're, we're too deep in right now. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm yeah. As always, I'm here every single week. Haven't missed a single episode. You know you're always, me. You're always here in in spirit, though. That's yeah. I mean, that's the way it goes. Yep. And you're always editing the show for us. So I appreciate I that am. as well. I am. I am. I always hear your comments about me after <laughs> after you record, and I go back and listen to everything that you said about me on the show. So <laughs> well, no worries. I'm glad it's coming through clearly. Uh, yeah. And then special guest this week. He is the editor of CLS and now, uh, I believe, one of the sole producers of uh, the CLS SideQuest uh, YouTube channel. And he is also the uh, co-founder and uh, content creator of Handsome Phantom, Dustin Furman. How you doing, man? Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. This is, uh, you guys seem like a, a nice, nice crew here to hang out with. I'm excited. Yeah, well, I think we're pretty cool. Well, we're, <laughs> I mean, we're four minutes in. Yeah. yeah. So just just pump pump the brakes on that one yeah. a little bit. <laughs> Give us till like ten fifteen. You'll start to see it seep through. We've That's had fair. we've had very few bad guest episodes. Like I think generally yeah. we, we 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 get along with pretty much everybody. There has been at least two bad. Uh, not like we didn't have an argument with them or anything, but like two guest uh, episodes that I can think of that did not go well. So I I think it's probably yeah. Good. But well, the uh, odds are in your favor, Dustin. Yeah. Is what <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh God, he's part of the Hunger Games now. Yeah. <laughs> terribly overrated series. I, I think I agree with that. Yeah. Mm, I'm terribly overrated. Drop it. Just gonna drop it. Well, okay. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, we can jump into it real quick. I, my thing with the Hunger Games is like, I thought the first, the original concept in the first movie was awesome. Just keep it with that. Why? Why did I have to turn like a political turmoil? Like it just seemed like it went off the rails. I didn't. Like I can understand that. that. Yes. Yeah. I, I can understand that. I love me a good Mortal Kombat deathmatch is all I'm saying. I read all of those books and I don't even remember what happened. So that's basically <laughs> where I'm at with it. So 
I remember well, it very well because I drove down to Florida, which sucked, by the way. Yeah, and on the way down, I listened to one book. On the way back, I listened to another one and then listened to the third one at another time. <laughs> so actually, gentlemen, this is now a, um, a Pennsylvania podcast because we vastly outnumber Austin right now. Oh, no. Nice. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it just all happened. Uh, that that uh, Dustin happened to me from Pennsylvania as well. So that's pretty sweet. Now, um, so you said it's Austin that's not in PA? Yeah, he's yeah. in Georgia. Okay, yeah. good. I was, as long as he's not from Ohio, then okay. oh, that's where that's where the majority of my family's from. So <laughs> it shows, man. It shows. It explains everything. <laughs> um, yeah, but you make the trip up to Ohio and, and travel through PA usually like once a year, right? Yeah, pretty frequently. Yeah, pretty never, frequently. never my, stop my... by. Never say hi. No, no. You I'm said never you were going to that. once, and then you never did. Yeah. <laughs> No, my, my great-grandmother lives in Youngstown, Ohio, which is like right on the border uh, okay. um, near Pittsburgh. So it's kind of in that direction. But. So, Dustin, are you from like uh, Eastern PA, Western PA? Obviously, don't give your exact location, but. Oh, no. Yeah, it's fine. I'm uh, so I'm about an hour north of Pittsburgh, oh, okay. um, kind of in a small right. town. And this is where I was born and raised. And now I where I own a house so so nice. you pretty much exploded out of nowhere how how did this whole thing come to be hmm. just I from the beginning man we got a lot of time to i was gonna say how far <laughs> back you want to go <laughs> just start, start from the beginning dude how'd you get into gaming you know how'd you get into content creation how did you meet colin like let's let's go the whole story hmm okay well i didn't really have the idea of wanting to get into video games until i was in college when I was in college, I like wanted to get into film and I was in different like film classes and stuff like that. And I was never like I wasn't terribly bad at it, but I wasn't great either. And I had then I had started getting into podcasts and I heard a little podcast called uh, Podcast Beyond. I'm sure you guys may have heard of that. Yeah, one um, classic, classic. Yeah. So that was, I think, probably in like 2012 ish. And that had kind of changed my outlook of what I wanted to do, because it was around that time that I started to take, uh, I guess, the industry on like my, you know, video games became more than just video games for me at that point. It became about the entire industry and, you know, that whole deal. So around then I started listening to Podcast Beyond um, and I started to want to pivot to doing uh, content about video games, which this is something I don't talk about often, but I actually had a YouTube channel when I was in like seventh grade, seventh and eighth grade that I hmm. did about video games. It was, it's terrible. I made sure all those oh, videos yeah. are hidden, especially now that people are starting to like follow me and stuff like that. I don't want anyone to ever see them because they're just terrible, like console war crap. Dude, you know what's so you know what's so funny though is that me and Austin have a very similar story, almost the exact same yeah. story actually. Yeah. And I know Austin, you you hid your videos, right? Oh yeah, all my videos yeah. are, are. I huge. refuse yeah. to hide my videos because I'm like, you know what? This is who I was back then. <laughs> like, right. Well, I am proud of it. If it gives you any context, my highest viewed video was a video of me <laughs> holding holding my smartphone in one hand. Um, no tripod, holding my smartphone in one hand, unboxing a 3DS in my mother's car when oh, I was yeah. like 13 years old, and it and it got like 150,000 views. And I was like, "This is awesome!" And I go back and look at, it and I'm like, "This is literal trash." <laughs> Dude, my my highest rated, vi my highest viewed video. I actually made a lot of money off of it. Was my GameStop rant, and what's so funny about that is like, I swear to God, not even 
six months later, I tried to get a job at GameStop. <laughs> and the, the video the video had gotten so viral that they saw it and they put me on a no hire forever list i can never get hired at gamestop wow ever. yeah and i also years later tried to date a girl from gamestop and she knew about it and she was like hey like you gotta like you gotta take that down <laughs> she was she was a store manager <laughs> i was like oh, oh yeah you know what you're probably right i should probably take that down at this point but sorry go ahead no it's funny you're mentioning these old videos that did well my my claim to fame from that that first era of me making content was I had a video about how to hack the PSP, and it is my first oh. and only video to hit over a million views. Oh, you know what? I probably wow. watched it then because that's I hacked the, it, the crap out of my PSP. That's the thing. If you tried to hack your PSP between like 2012 and probably like 2015 ish then you you may have watched my video back oh then. yeah i probably did dude that was probably the most fun i ever had with the consoles hacking the psp austin elijah did you guys ever try to hack your psp no no dude, i i've been tempted to you can do so much with the psp like they the oh, hackers yeah. broke that system wide open i'll never forget me and my one friend were at a local pizza place and we both had our psps his was hacked and i had burnout for it and he said, oh, we should play. Let me see it. And he just popped it into his PSP. And like two minutes later, like, all right, here you go. Let's play. I'm like, what just happened? Yeah, you can oh, do all yeah, kinds there's of the battery stuff. thing. Yeah. Yep. I, I remember the first that. the first time I uh, tried to hack my PSP. Dustin, you probably know about this. It was the PSP 1000. And you had to cut a single circuit off of your battery's motherboard. And you had to open the battery and cut a single circuit off of it. And when I was opening the battery with a razor blade, I had never done anything like this before. I cut too deep and I blew up my battery. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It like sizzled happen. and like got real hot and I threw it and I was scared. I was probably 13, 14 years old. I was terrified. I thought this thing was going to explode in my hands. But yeah, continue. So you yeah. made the, uh, the, PS, the PSP video. Right. So yeah, eventually I just kind of let that go and my, you know, attention focused elsewhere. But then, like I said, after I had finished high school, I had started to listen to Podcast Beyond and started to really get into the industry. And it was also around this time that I started my first gaming podcast that was called Adventure Mode, which was with my friend Brandon. And for a while, Adventure Mode was like kind of the only thing I did was I did this podcast and I would upload some pretty crappy videos here and there. And that was the extent of it for a few years. During this time, also, I like almost got a job at IGN, which was like a terribly painful experience that mm. no... No uh, bad feelings towards IGN, but I'm really thankful now that I didn't get that job. Well, explain. Um, how was that a bad experience? So um, basically, the, the thing that was, was bad about it was I had applied. I had an, in, an, an interview over the phone, which was cool. Then I had a, a Skype interview. And so this was all the course over like weeks. Like I think this was all of those took place across like three or four different weeks. And then they had me like make a mock schedule for their streaming and stuff. Cause I think the position was like a streaming producer or something like that. And at that point I like didn't hear back and it was over a month and I had reached out again to a person. I won't name this person specifically cause they're still there. Uh, and they were like, Oh yeah. Uh, thanks for reaching out. We uh, decided to go with someone else, but uh, make sure to apply again. I said, oh, okay. You know, that's fine. Um, in my mind, I'm thinking, I really wish you would have let me know, like, you know, a few weeks yeah. ago. It's kind of unprofessional. Yeah. But I was like, is there any anything that I did that I could do better 
for next time, just so I know like what ways I can improve. And uh, he said, Oh no, you're, you did great. <laughs> and that was it. Oh. So I was like, Oh, okay. So I just wasn't good enough, which, you know, whatever. And like I said, in hindsight, like, you know, no ill will towards IGN. I think they do a lot of great work, but on a level of like the thought of moving to San Francisco and starting my like early life there, like just getting married and moving to San Francisco and having to be poor and live in a one room apartment and stuff. Just like looking back now, I'm just like, man, that I don't think I would have wanted to do that. Yeah. yeah, there's like a lot of horror stories about journalists going out there um, and just not making enough money because San Francisco is so expensive to live in. Right. Yeah, that's the thing. And I've I've been there a bunch of times and I feel like every time I'm there, I have like a, a worse impression of of that city in general, which it's, it's a, you know, a fine place. There's lots of good people there and there's lots of cool things to do and stuff, but not necessarily the. uh the safest place all the time. Is there, is there really like, I, I forgot to ask this to George. Cause our, our buddy uh, that was on last week, uh, George, he lives in San Francisco. I forgot to ask him if there really is like just people pooping in the streets and how this is oh, not a problem. Is. They solved. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard it so many times, like anecdotally that I have to believe it's yeah. true. Yeah. Exactly. So the second PSX was my first gaming convention or whatever that I ever went oh, to. Cool. And I was in a lift with my the the co-host of my podcast, Brandon, and we were going to our Airbnb and there was a, a homeless man that was bent over. I'll spare some <laughs> of the details because I know this is a, a family friendly. He was bent over and uh, apparently he was trying to do drugs and just out in the middle oh. of uh, oh my in the street. I was like, what is going on here? And the lift driver's like, oh, he's just doing drugs. All right. Well, no big deal. So let that be a lesson to any of the kids out there listening that uh, yeah. don't do drugs, especially yeah. in public in the street with your <laughs> pants down. So it's just like amazing to me because there's so much money in that city. You think they could like fund some public bathrooms or something, you know, yeah. to solve this problem. But do I don't think? know. I've heard it from so many people. Um, but anyway, so so you uh, apply to IGN. What comes next? So that didn't really work out, which was fine. So, you know, at that point, it was like a big motivation boost to try to like, OK, if you're going to make this happen you got to work harder and so that's when brandon and i decided like okay adventure mode's not working and the number one reason is the seo on it is absolutely terrible if you search adventure mode on youtube all you get is minecraft and diablo 3 videos so we should try to you know change it up rebrand a little bit in order to get some more exposure so that's when we decided to create an overarching company called handsome phantom and Adventure Mode was a podcast from Handsome Phantom. And that was just kind of gave us the ability to do different creative things, whether it was start another podcast or do something movie related or something like that, whatever. So shortly after we, you know, kind of created this company, Handsome Phantom, kind of the probably the biggest turning point for us at that point was my buddy Ben, Ben Smith, got involved. And Ben is like kind of like my my partner in crime, basically, with Handsome Phantom. He is now he's the the editor in chief of the website since we have a whole written component and things like that. Um, but yeah, when he when he joined the team, that's when everything changed because we started to have a website where we had regular written content, which means we were able to get connections with developers and publishers in order to start reviewing games. And at that point. Not and not that Handsome Phantom is anywhere near any kind of big success, but um, 
at that point, things started to get a little more real because it was like, oh, we can go to PAX and have a press badge and we can, you know, get these games and review them and stuff like that. So eventually along the lines, we changed the name of Adventure Mode and we kind of retired it and then brought it back as the HP podcast, which is now the show that I currently do and host with them. And um, I guess that's it as far as the the handsome phantom side. But I'm sure you guys want to know more about the uh, the Colin side. Yeah. So how did that come about? So these do these do bridge together um, okay. because basically I think it was E3 2018. I went out to L.A. for E3 with Ben and Ben. This this is where the story gets a little weird. So. Ben, who's, like I said, my partner in crime for Handsome Phantom, one of my best friends. He also is the mayor of my hometown. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I did not see that coming. coming. Yeah, Yeah, that's the curveball. (laughs) Interesting. It all ties together, though. So so Ben is the mayor, which like it was a total total aside is that we like ran his campaign together. I did all the videos and it was like a big thing. And so we got him elected and it's it's been cool. That's so anyway, awesome. <laughs> yeah. So Ben reaches out to Colin and is like, hey, I have an interesting story because I'm into video games and I'm also the mayor of a small town, small town. Would you be interested in having me on Fireside Chats, which I'm sure you guys know this but for anyone listening. Fireside Chats is a show Colin used to do where he would just interview uh, like the average Joe about different interesting things about their lives. So Colin was like, yeah, that sounds great. Why don't you come when you're here for E3? We can record the show. So because I was there with Ben, it was just the two of us. uh, I went along, which Colin was cool with that. Ben let him know in advance. It's not like I just showed up at Colin's apartment with Ben. Uh, But so that episode, I'm pretty sure it's still on the Internet. It's called The Small Town Mayor. You can listen to that and you can hear me like briefly in the episode. Like Colin says something, you can hear me in the background, but. So that's how I initially met Colin on a professional level. I had met him at like New York Comic Con a few years before that, but it wasn't anything meaningful at that time. So Colin and I meet and then, you know, whatever E3 happens, we go home, forget about it. The episode comes out. It's great. Well received, but nothing happens. Um, So then at that point, a couple months later, this would be in December of 2018, Ben had told me, he said, Hey, I was listening to one of Colin's shows, which I was listening to Colin's shows, but not all of them at the time. And he said, Hey, on one of his shows, uh, he had mentioned he was looking for an editor. You should email him. It's like, well, okay. I mean, I don't have anything to lose. The worst thing that could happen is that he says no. So I sent him an email that was just real brief. I said, Hey, we met at this, you know, at E3. When Ben was on your show, I'm an editor, heard you were looking for somebody. Here's my portfolio. And that's it. Sent. And I wish it was a more interesting story than that. But <laughs> really, at that point, Colin was like, OK, well, I was kind of looking for someone local, but, you know, I'll give you a shot. Here's knockback. Um, this is how I do it. Uh, we'll see how you do. We won't tell the audience. I'll just have you edit it. If they notice anything, then we'll know that it might not be a right fit. But. If it's, you know, good, then you got the job. So it really can be, uh, I don't want to say that simple, but that non, um, I don't know. 
not that special. <laughs> ah, that's awesome, though. Like, like what's really fascinating about that story is it starts almost exactly the same way that our old podcast R and M went. I mean, we had the, the site, the show. I think we even had a form at one point. But the yeah. difference was uh, you were successful. <laughs> Here's the thing. And, uh, it's funny because it's true. Here's the thing, though, and this is something I've thought about a lot. And I've, I've even talked to Colin about this. And I'm like, I was in the right place at the right time. And I was just happened to ask at the right time as well. Yeah. Which I'm like, oh, so, you know, do I have this job because I'm lucky or uh, because, you know, I have the talent to do it or a mix of both or whatever. And like the the thing is, and this is the thing that I've told people that, you know, I'm still a, a little baby in the industry. I'm still just getting, you know, used to things like that. But what I tell people is like, it's about getting as many chances as you can. Like I was, I had a chance to talk to Colin and offer myself to be his employee at that point. But mm-hmm. if I hadn't been at E3, if I hadn't done the stuff with Handsome Phantom, I would have, would have, you know, never had that chance. It's about increasing your opportunities to roll the dice, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah that makes that makes sense, man. Um, I think I told you when I asked you to come on the show, it's interesting is we've actually had uh, Colin on twice and, and yeah. Greg. Um, yeah. And those are both great episodes. Like, like Colin just got a natural, like the talent for podcasting. Um, and I actually uh, kept in contact with Colin for many years, emailing back and forth. I'm sure he doesn't remember me at this point because um you know he he meets so many people but we were uh we were keeping in contact there and then when uh when the show fell apart our show uh in 20 what was it 2018 austin 2017 i think it was 2017 but i don't really remember to be yeah. honest with you it was a few years ago anyway when when that, when the show fell apart i think i know we all kind of just stopped paying attention to like uh well i didn't anyway, stop paying attention to like video game uh podcasts and, yeah. and journalism and whatnot and I kind of lost that connection, but dude, Colin's a good guy and he seems like a great employer. Do you, do you enjoy working for Colin? Yeah. What, what's been cool about working for him. So this kind of twofold, cause it continues, you know, the, the, the journey we'll say, mm-hmm. and, uh, um, explains your, your question is that Colin. And I think he would admit this. I don't feel weird saying this about him is that he, uh, is not easy to trust people which obviously if you know everything that's gone down with Colin, that makes sense. Right. But Mm -hmm. so working for him has been like a long journey of, of earning his trust. And I don't say that in a negative way. It's just that like when I started, it was, it was just knockback. And it was like in my back of my mind, I was like, okay, your foot is in the door. And you know, at this point you've got to, you know, bang it open and let yourself in and never let him regret the fact that he let you in. Right. So it started with knockback. And then, you know, once that went well, he expanded and had me do fireside chats. And the big one eventually would be um, sacred symbols, of course. And that was like Mm -hmm. multiple months of working for him that I finally got the opportunity to edit uh, sacred symbols. So now it's at the point. um, Let's see. It was last August when I switched from being a basically I was on a per job basis with Colin. So like there was like, I get paid X amount for this podcast. I get paid X amount for this work, whatever. And so now as of last August, we switched to like a long-term contract employee situation where basically like I'm hired for the entire year. Um, 
So basically now, let's see. So now my my contract is expiring uh, at the end of this month, which I already said said to Colin. I'm like, you know, my contract is expiring unless you want to you know, hire someone else. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know where I was going with this other than, uh, he is, you know, he's good to work for. He's interesting. He's probably unlike anyone I've ever worked for in my life and probably like no one else, you know, in the future, just because you guys know how he's like a very, you know, secluded and mm-hmm. not yeah. uh, super sociable guy. Um, not to say that I, I don't know him, but there will be periods where like, I know that he's either, you know, really busy or something like that. It's just simply like him and I sending files back and forth. And then there's other times where we're like talking a lot and like texting each other throughout the day and stuff like that. So that's pretty cool. Here's a random fun fact. I can remember the the date, the one time Colin was on the show because I was sick from work that day. And it was the day the Resident (laughs) Evil remake came out on PS4. Oh, (laughs) January twentieth, two thousand fifteen. So, uh, f- funny story about Colin is that this was years and years ago. Um, I have been trying to find my family lineage for pretty pretty much since I became an adult because we were, we thought we were Native American, and you know there was all kinds of scholarships and whatnot. So my dad was looking into it, and he was talking to the family, and he's like, "Yeah, I think I think our great great grandmother." my great grandmother was bought as a slave in Virginia. And I'm like, ah, that doesn't sound right. This would have been like early 1900s. And I'm like, I don't think native Americans were slaves, but I, I, I don't know. And I couldn't find any information online. So I actually, I emailed Colin and he helped, he helped me like put that to rest. He was like, nah, man. Cause you know, I, I didn't know anybody who was an American history major or knew anything about American history to the extent of Colin. So I emailed him and I was like, Hey man, like, I don't know, like, this doesn't seem right. And he's like, as far as I know, there has been never any Native American uh, slaves <laughs> after the Civil War. And, and they, there really wasn't much Native American slavery to begin with. And uh, so that's how I found out that I was no Native American whatsoever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, that, that, that's super cool. Like, like the, the story, because like I said, it, it, it very much resonates with how we came to be, where I think, I know... I was making content before I started listening to Podcast Beyond, and then I didn't even really listen to Podcast Beyond until I met uh, Austin and Elijah, and they yeah. had listened to it. And uh, we had Greg on the show one day, and uh, it was we had Greg on the show. I'm, I'm surprised he even showed up. It was like our, it was our second episode. I don't even know how we pulled that off of uh, of R and M, and then it just kind of snowballed. And we we did have some success with our old show, but I think like you said with. Um, with your adventure it was adventure mode adventure yeah. mode our seo i think was was terrible with rnm um yeah. right and yeah, we you, you, it was just it was just super hard to find us and i think you know the the podcast and you know this is actually straight from both of their mouths the, the, the podcast was actually very high quality it just it never took off the way i thought that that it needed to and then i think we all just kind of got burned out but um like i said it's very similar to your story except you had found success with it and uh we 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 failed so well that's the thing though i mean i wouldn't say you failed yet i mean how old are you guys you sound like you're about the same age as me right yeah we're I'm 26 I'm, we're, yeah i turn 30 next month yeah yeah so i mean yeah, I, we're all around the same when i started working for colin i was 25 so i mean it's one of those things like i said it's just all about like i totally know like the the, the grind of it like completely suck for for five years it was like i was working a video which 
I'm already, I understand I was very blessed to be working in a job in my field actually by doing video editing, but it's like when you're, when you're filming your, your third wedding of the summer and <laughs> you're listening to podcasts on your way home and you're just like one day, one day, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so the, you know, the hustle is real. The, the key is just, you know, keeping at it. And like I said, giving yourself as many chances as possible. Well, I think, you know, I think it's at, at one point at our, on our during our old show, we all thought, you know, we wanted to make a go for making it a career. Um, but as far as I know, now I, I think Elijah is in a different camp with this. He, he still wants to make video content as a career, but I know I don't like like I, the, the, the frame skip the podcast that we're on now. This is more of a passion project for us. Uh, do you yeah. agree with that, Austin? Oh, yeah. I mean, 100%. I I will say, too, though, for me, it's also like kind of a testing ground for like my abilities, Um, since I'm essentially our shows, Dustin. (laughs) But, you know, it it gives me some room to kind of, you know, test around with editing and and do more because obviously, Seth and Elijah, you guys know this, but um, since we had last stopped uh, R&M in 2017, um, you know, I went through college and I started working at radio stations and like my, my technical skills like have heavily evolved since that prior show. So for me, it's, it's certainly like a, a passion and hobby to kind of just see what we can do and see how high quality we can, we can make it honestly. Yeah. And, uh, I went to school for video game design and I hated it. So what I, what I realized, and I've also worked in you know several video game stores and whatnot, what I realized was like, I just don't, I don't want to make my hobby and my passion, my job. Cause I think when, when you do that, lines get very blurred and um, I stopped enjoying video games, you know, yeah. during, during that time. And I just don't, I don't want to do that. But when, uh, when we view this as a passion project, it's just, it's a, it's a fun thing for us to do. And I'm sure if it blew up, you know, I, I don't think any of us <laughs> would turn down money obviously, but uh, I think this is just, this is just uh, like I said, a passion project for us. Um, and I, I can attest to part of what you're saying, because, for example, when I reviewed uh, Summer Memories, uh, Disaster Report 4, Summer Memories, I, I enjoyed that game. But same time, at times it was a slog. And I'm like, I have to get through it because I'm reviewing this. I have to get through it. And it it wasn't great. Like it the feeling that I had on Dave's like, man, I, I have to do this, but I really don't want to. I don't like this. So I don't blame you one bit for not wanting to make a career out of this. I understand it perfectly. Yeah. So Dustin, so you, you start editing for Colin. You obviously make a pretty much a career out of it. And now all of a sudden, I mean, I think the, the first piece of content you put out that was solely yours for Colin was the Persona 5 Royal review, spoiler cast, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. So, how did it turn out that you and uh, it's it's Maddie, right? That yeah, are, Maddie, are doing yep. the, the the CLS side quest videos now. How did that come about? So, side quest was it started as something that just Colin um, had done, and he did all the writing and editing and stuff like that. And a few months into working for him, he had brought to me the idea of doing side quest again. And at that point, he had brought on a writer, Sophia Narwitz. And so that's kind of where I got introduced to SideQuest is that Sophia would write the episodes. Colin would go and edit them and then do the voiceover. And then they'd be sent to me and I would do the editing and stuff like that. So and that was all very much in the format of what Colin had already established with SideQuest, you know, a few years ago. 
So we were doing that and it was good. Like, I think the work was really good. The writing, the editing, I was really pleased with. But we kind of had a, a problem with consistency, uh, which, you know, wasn't anyone's specific fault because Colin will get busy with things and then Sophia would get busy with things. And then, you know, I would I would, you know, ask for more time because we're, you know, working through all these different schedules and stuff like that. So so eventually it kind of just kind of slowed down. Um, and that's when Maddie, which Maddie was on an episode of Fireside Chats probably like a, about a year and a half or so ago. Um, and that's when Colin and Maddie had first connected. Maddie had reached out to Colin about doing his own episodes of SideQuest, or I think he had mainly just asked about helping and being involved. And so Colin then just had started to hire him to make his own episodes, which it's been a little bit of a contention in the audience just because, especially the the YouTube comments, because you know how, how nice they can be. Mm-hmm. Just that... Um, People would, you know, start up this video on Colin's channel and then they would hear Maddie's voice and, you know, basically it would be an entire video from Maddie, um, which, you know, I thought the content was great. But some people were like, this is, you know, I could tell it's a good video, but I subscribe to this channel to hear Colin. So, right. Um, sort of what we're doing now. And this was me. I was kind of watching this unfold because we weren't uh, Colin, Sophie and I weren't producing episodes and was just Maddie. And around this time was when I had started to get closer and become friends with Maddie specifically because of that persona five Royal spoiler cast. And I was like, man, you know, people are, you know, there's a lot of positive comments, but there's also a few people that are, you know, being mean in the comments about this. And it's, you know, stupid. And he's like, dude, you, you need to jump in. And make some of these videos because clearly you know you know how to edit and and do things like that. So I was like, okay, I'll I'll think about it. And Colin had offered to me a few months ago, like during peak coronavirus, to uh, for me to make some of my own side quest videos. But I think I was just like too stressed out or or something to kind of like kind of move on it. So uh, yeah, it's basically I just then just pitched him like, okay, so what if Maddie and I do these videos? You know every other week I do one and then Maddie does one. And he was like, okay, sure. So at this point, I think Colin uh, wants to keep his YouTube presence alive, but especially now that he's doing game development stuff, he doesn't necessarily have the same amount of time to dedicate to either writing or producing videos. So at this point, I think Colin wants to expand what Colin's last stand is in a, in a way, not that I would say that it's going to be like, uh, I guess we'll just say other video game outlets that there's a full, you know, crew or lineup of people, but just that there's more people involved than just him, Chris and Dagan. So, yeah, it's actually really exciting because the first my first episode, I just actually did the final export about an hour or so ago. Nice. And so that is coming out. This show does this show, show come out on the 15th Friday. or Friday? So yeah, it's already right, out. Right. So we can talk about it. Um, yeah, the episode will be out. It's about ready at dawn who is a, they were a PlayStation second party. They did the order. Mm -hmm. And so the video is all about them, their history and how they got bought by Facebook. It's 20 minutes long, which is totally not what I planned for at all, but (laughs) hopefully we'll see by this point when the listeners listening to it, we'll see if uh, people like it or not. So yeah, everyone absolutely go, go check out that video on uh, CLS side quest. Um, 
and uh, give give your feedback on it. Um, so, Dustin, what is how how are you going to get over that hurdle of people click on this channel for Colin and they hear you and Maddie? Um, do you have any plans to to kind of? Are you kind of hoping that kind of fizzles out eventually? Um, you know that's a good question because I honestly like part of my worry and I think why I hesitated on making my own side quest videos is because I was worried about how people might react to something like that. Um, I think that, and you know, this isn't at Colin's fault, but I think that in some ways that the audience wasn't prepared for it. I know Colin made a a post on Patreon about how it was going to be switching over and that Maddie would be making them for a while. And then there was another post that him and I would start making them, but Technically, there was no announcement on the YouTube channel specifically. So part of my video that comes out on Wednesday that's out now, I guess, for the audience is the intro kind of explaining, hey, this is what SideQuest is now. Uh, Hopefully you think it's great and you like it. But I think it'll be easier now than it was when it was just like, um, you know, one of Maddie's videos popping up just because. I think the audience now knows more who I am and who Maddie is. I think the persona spoiler cast hopefully helped a little bit. So yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that I can't change people's minds. There was actually someone on Twitter that when the announcement happened was like, well, that's cool, but I only subscribe for Colin's videos. And I actually responded to the guy. Cause I, I every once in a while will be spicy on Twitter, but not very often. I was like, oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that you decided to not watch my video before it's even out, but I hope that the quality changes your mind. And the guy was like, oh, well, I, I didn't mean it like that. I, I just, you know, I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm there for Colin, but if it's good, I'll check it out. I'm like, okay, whatever, dude. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it, I'm, I'm hoping it will go well. I think that once we get a good flow down, people will be more, more receptive. Yeah, I feel like really it should fizzle out over time i think you know if you're especially if you guys are are going to be consistent about it like you said as far as like back and forth every week i think you know the more the audience see that sees that i would i would hope um you know that they would they would be more um not mean i suppose is the word (laughs) right yeah receptive but i think that's the correct mindset too like you just gotta you gotta if they're not a fan you know hope that they're gonna see the the content and become a fan that's just that's the correct mindset yeah, for sure. Yo, I think I can give you guys a little scoop. If this show comes out Friday, then yeah. I can I can tell you guys something that hasn't been announced yet, but will be announced Friday. All right, awesome. Not that this is a big announcement. It's just something, you know, cool and fun is Maddie. Um, he has his own YouTube channel called Mr. Maddie Plays. He's super successful over there. I think he has like three or four hundred thousand subscribers. He's doing awesome over there. Anyway, he has his own podcast called the Ham Radio Podcast that he does with uh, do you guys know ACG? No, I'm not familiar. Well, uh, maybe, maybe. He he does the reviews on YouTube that are like buy, wait for sale. Oh, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So he does a podcast with him that's called the Ham Radio Podcast. As of Friday, I am going to be a permanent member of that show. Oh, that's awesome. awesome. Congratulations. Week. Yeah. So I was on uh, two weeks ago just kind of like to try it out. And so, yeah. So if if you're looking for another podcast, of course, in addition to this one, never to replace. Absolutely. Uh, check out, <laughs> yeah. Check out uh, the ham radio show. That's awesome, man. Now is you're, you're doing a lot of projects now. I mean, Colin has what? Uh, 
three shows now. And right. obviously you're editing and creating content for uh, side quest. And now you're going to be, you have your own podcast that you do in your own site. And uh, now you're going to be on this other podcast. How are you juggling all of it? Like, there's a, there's a ton of work. Yeah. So the first thing was that I quit my main job in order to do all this, which was a huge thing because initially when I started working for Colin, I was doing my normal day job, video editing, and then I would come home and edit Colin's stuff. So eventually when I switched over to an actual employee for Colin, I was able to make enough money that I was like, okay, screw that. I'm done with that. Um, not that I'm not thank I'm very thankful for the editing job I had for, for many years. It taught me many things and my, my employer was, was very good to me, but I was glad to be done with it. So it's one of those things, especially now, because now that I'm working, uh, from home and I create my own schedule, I've been doing that. Let's see. I, I started that my first week being completely uh, at my own boss will say like on my own time was PAX because like I basically told my boss, gave my my two weeks with notice said, hey, when I'm when I leave for PAX, that'll be my last day. And then I'm just not going to come back after that. So it's been a few months now. And it's it's weird because I'll have like really good days or like a good couple days or even a couple weeks where it's like I'm really good and consistent about working when I'm supposed to and doing, you know, you know, not being lazy. And then there's some days when I work for myself that I'm like, wow, you have done nothing that you were supposed to do today <laughs> and now you're behind. Yeah. And so that's been an interesting dynamic to, to get adjusted to. And uh, it doesn't help that. And, and Colin, again, this is another thing I don't feel bad saying. It's not like I'm talking behind Colin's back. Colin operates on Colin time, which is, <laughs> Unlike any person that I've ever worked for in that just like some I'm, you know, there's like a time window on when I'll get a podcast, but it's never certain exactly. <laughs> so a lot of the times it's like, OK, I know I got to edit this podcast tonight. I don't know exactly when it's coming, but when it when it shows up, then it's like, OK, now it's time to work. It's almost like having I don't want to call it a night shift, but sort of is when a podcast comes in at 8 p.m. that needs to go out the next day. So. Wow, that's crazy. So, like, how uh, how much time do you normally spend editing the shows? I mean, you, like I said before, you, you do a great job. I'm like, because um, especially when uh, when Colin and Chris started doing remote podcasts, like like Colin said it on the yeah. show, you could ne you could not tell a difference whatsoever. No, so really like, do you do you spend a, a ton of time editing these shows? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've I've tried to figure this out because it it depends on the episode we've got it down to like a pretty good science like this was a really big deal when colin was moving that we had to make sure everything was just right before colin like pulled the trigger to move so a big part of that was we like you guys do here use zencaster which has been a huge help just because it has low latency so that cuts out a lot of the work for me right off the bat that you know because of the low latency there's less editing but despite of that there is still a significant amount of editing that goes into every episode just because like I'll be listening to every conversation and like, Ooh, there's a little bit extra of a gap here between talking. So I'm going to like tighten that up. I'm going to get rid of this. Um, I'm going to get rid of this or, you know, someone's, you know, stutters or something like that. So that all goes out. So usually I'm sacred symbols takes the most time because I have to do all the show notes in addition. And like, you got to put the oh, ad wow. spots in and stuff like that. So there's like 
a whole rigmarole of things to do. But usually if I want to say if a show is two hours long, it's probably going to take me three and a half from start to finish to do. At least sometimes more, but it it really all depends. That's crazy, man, because because, yeah, he like I said, he has three shows that he puts out every week. So that's that's a lot of time. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Not all the shows are as difficult as other ones. Like knockback is a little bit easier um, just because I don't know if it's just because the flow is a more natural conversation in some ways that it doesn't require as much editing. Um, and then there's no show notes for for knockback. So that t- cuts out a significant amount of time. But yeah, I mean, for the most part, it's 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 really not too bad. I don't know if it's I've just gotten used to it or or something like that, but. Yeah, just it's just normal to me now, I guess. Yeah, I was curious to see what you were going to say as far as as what you did when you when you edit, because obviously, I mean, with us using Zencaster, I, I mean, I pretty much go through the same process you go through, it sounds like. And I don't know if Seth and Elijah actually notice that much. But when I go through and, and edit, I mean, I basically the same things you said, I'll take out spaces and take out ums. And it's, it's very interesting because I don't know if you do, do this, but with Zencaster, sometimes I'll sit through and and kind of depending on how bad the file is, I'll like kind of listen to like one person's file in particular for like an extended amount of time to like pick out certain things from that person. Um, but it's, yeah, I mean, it, at least for this show, I usually take about, yeah, probably three, four hours. So I can't even imagine doing that for, for two other shows on top of this one. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, I don't know, maybe it just takes a, a certain type of like, it's not for everybody. I don't know. It doesn't. I mean, there are some nights where it's like, I don't want to do this, which is the case for any job. (laughs) But for the most part, I think because the content is, you know, appeals to what I'm interested in, it doesn't often feel tedious. Uh, It does feel tedious when the programs don't work, which if you're working in Adobe is all the time. Yes. I don't know. It's um, the the times that I think about not wanting to do it. I think about the days that I was editing model train documentaries at my oh, old God. job and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm good doing this. I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> so, uh, so okay, the- tell me more about these model train documentaries. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Best in class. In fact, award winning model train documentaries. Oh, I can send God. you a link later. That's amazing. <laughs> so um, yeah, that was a commission project, not something that I set up and yeah. directed. So did you like uh, go to college and minor in video uh, production or or how did that this come about the editing? So I remember the first time I edited anything was with Windows Movie Maker and I would take Mm. Kingdom Hearts videos and set them to Linkin Park. (laughs) So that's where I got that's where the true skills came from. That's wonderful. (laughs) Amazing. Linkin Park's my favorite band. Complete side note. Did anybody ever watch the AMV that used cutscenes from Final Fantasies 8, 9, and 10 to System of a Down's Chop Suey? No, I feel like I have seen that. That was like (laughs) the video of my teen years. (laughs) Yeah, let's talk about some video games. Uh, Dustin, what kind of games do you like? What's your favorite game? Yeah, um, hmm. Favorite game. This is, you're getting deep here. Too deep, maybe, off the bat. Um. Favorite game, favorite oh. console, social security number, uh, mother's yeah. maiden name. Here's the thing. Um, okay. We'll just go right off the bat. The gut reaction is my favorite game is Persona 4 Golden, I oh. think. I approve. Wow. Love um, it. 
I can think of like the top five real easy, like Persona 4 Golden, Bioshock, Near Autonoma, Undertale. Uh, I'm going to put the emphasis on Near Autonoma because not enough people appreciate that game. So I've like, I need to go back and finish it. I got about halfway through. And I never Dude, you have it. to finish it. I'm that's essential. so hard for all three of those games. I have the platinum in all three. <laughs> My favorite uh, ones, too. So the important question here, Dustin, is uh, have you played Persona 3? See, okay, here's the problem is that (laughs) I started to play Persona 3, um, but I was playing it on my old chunky PS3. Uh And Mm. it just after playing, you know, four and five, it just didn't it hit different, if you know what I'm saying. So (sighs) Persona 3 is my favorite. I completely agree with you. Stop. Yeah. I want From- to play it because I watched the anime movies and I thought they were fantastic. I, I it's weird because I feel like I'm a fan of Persona 3, even though I haven't fully played the game. If that makes sense. Yeah. But, so, yeah. like, my thing with Persona 4 is that I went straight from Persona 3, because this is back when I had my YouTube channel, and uh, I put out a poll, like, hey, what game do you guys want me to play and review next? And like, it was, like, overwhelmingly Persona 3. So I played it and loved it. And uh, then, like, I, I loved it so much, I jumped right into Persona 4, and I was like, this is really happy and, like, yellow. <laughs> I just didn't, right. I didn't, I, I don't like Persona 4 at all. Like, like. Damn, I'm quitting this show right now. I'm Get sorry. me off this podcast. No, it's okay. I love Persona 4. <laughs> yeah, we, we have this argument all the time about Persona 3 versus Persona 4. And it's just like, I don't know, man. The whole tone of Persona 4 felt off to me. Because like, there's this like, horrifying murder mystery going on. Right. And the whole cast is just like, eh. Yeah, but we're all good friends, right? And I'm just right. like, oh my god, I don't know. We just that. saw someone get murdered. Who wants wings? Yeah, exactly. That's kind of how I feel. Like I don't know. Whereas, like in Persona Three, it's all depression. Right. <laughs> Everyone's well, sad in Persona Three, uh, but Persona Five, I think. I don't know how you guys feel, but I think Persona Five is far and above a better the game than both of those. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think so. Persona Five is definitely the best gameplay. I mean, there's. I feel like there's no argument there. Um. But yeah. I will say the writing gets a little weird around Haru's dungeon in particular. I know a lot of people kind of complain about that. But... Her dungeon sucks, just straight yeah. up. Yeah. It's but... so weird because Haru feels like she doesn't even need to be in the story at all. No. Yeah. It's very strange how they add her in. I was hoping they were going to fix that with Persona 5 yeah. Royal and kind of add to her character a little bit, which they didn't. But either way, it was still <laughs> Persona 5 Royal was was nice. So. so now I know, Austin, you never finished Persona 5 Royal, right? No, I'm taking a break from it because yeah. with my job and everything, like I, I have maybe five hours a week to play games. So right. I was literally playing this game for like four months. And I'm like, okay, I'm a little, a little worn down on this. <laughs> I haven't played anything else aside from Persona Five Royal. Elijah, did you play Persona Five Royal? I played about thirty hours of original okay. Persona Five. So, so mm. Dustin, yeah, I keep hearing conflicting opinions. Is Persona 5 Royal worth playing all over again? Yes, for sure. Okay. A hundred percent. And this is, I think, um, yeah, the first part of Maddie and I, spoiler cast, we talked about this quite a bit, which I know that there's some people that are upset. They're like, oh, it cost, you're paying full price to play mostly the same game again. There's a lot, like a significant amount of new content that I personally, which you can take, you know, my word with a grain of salt because I'm a Persona fanboy, but the content especially that last semester they add is just so good the way they take the story is really 
unexpected in a lot of ways. Um, and I really feel like a lot of times when you get these expanded versions, like for example, Persona 4 Golden, even the, the expanded content is like pretty good. The stuff with Murray, but it doesn't feel like it's, uh, it feels like it's added on. Right. So Persona 5 Royal, I really felt like was, uh, the, the added content added to the overall, uh, game to me in a lot of ways. So I'll leave it at that. Yeah, because obviously I haven't listened to the spoiler cast because I haven't played the game yet. Um, right. So that that's that's kind of my thing because I, I keep hearing different things from different people, which is like, wow, the added content like really isn't worth it. Now I know Austin, you said that at first, but you, you switched your tone, right? Yeah, I mean, I got there came a point, and and it I really haven't gotten to the the final semester yet because actually speaking of Haru, that's literally where I stopped. So maybe maybe that's the reason I stopped. I don't know, but. <laughs> Um, <laughs> there, there's a lot of gameplay stuff, honestly, too, that at least for me makes like a huge difference. Like a lot of the, um, with the, the ammo refreshing in between each battle and, um, getting the, the baton pass immediately for all your characters and the way that kind of works now, it's like, for me, it, it made those changes alone made things more interesting, but then you also have like new social links kind of spruced in and and like i said i really haven't experienced the full extent of those since i'm not at the end but um you know even the new stuff with kasumi and um the doctor uh, i forget his name but you know that's sprinkled into the into the game uh, maruki yeah. yeah yeah dr maruki yeah oh real quick i realized uh seth i think when you asked me earlier if i went to college i totally just answered as a joke and then didn't actually answer the oh, question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't want to, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't just like, Oh, you know, making a joke. Um, but yeah, I, uh, just to really quickly answer that. I did not really go to college for editing. I took like one film class at a, at a, in a place called Pittsburgh filmmakers, which no longer exists. Um, everything I pretty much learned was through YouTube and a few high school classes. Oh, so wow. Wow. all I'm saying is, you know, College is great. If you feel like you need to go to college, go for it. But not necessarily essential. I hated college with every fiber of my being. Oh, me too. I dropped out. Yeah. I uh, I did two years of community college, and then I got a, a nice internship in Pittsburgh, and I was like, you know what? I'm done. And Dude, then I, I went, never looked back. I went, to, like I said, to college for uh, video game design, and I got into my junior year. And my freshman and sophomore year we really didn't have much i had like my base programming classes and whatnot but we really didn't have much actual like video game design classes that 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 started coming up in my junior and senior years and i remember my first video game design class now this was a brand new major at penn college like completely brand new they had just started it i was like the second class that ever came through so this was this teacher's like third time teaching this class probably and she opens the class by giving us her credentials, had no video game design credentials whatsoever, <laughs> right? None at all. And she's like, this is almost a direct quote. It's been a long time. So don't like, it's not actually a direct quote, but it's pretty close. She was like, if you have a question, first look at the book, then Google it, but don't ask me. And I was like, <laughs> what? What are we paying wow. for you then, lady? Excuse me? Yeah, wow. exactly. I spent half the semester, or not half the semester, half that class focusing on board games. Um, and after that, and after after the first class graduated, and I saw that none of them got jobs in the industry whatsoever, I was like, 
yeah, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm done. I did make a really cool game called Catastrophe uh, about a cat that it, it was a side-scrolling uh, platformer about a cat that uh, was like trying to find its way home, and it would have like all these gruesome death sequences if you got hit by anything or died. <laughs> it was pretty cool, but um, my uh, group, like like uh, team members or whatever, and that they all dropped out of the class at the last second. So I, and I, I went to my professor and I was like, Hey, like I've, I'm alone now. Like, like I've, I have no backup and this is due in, in a week. And she's like, well, that's going to happen in the industry sometimes. So I can't really give you any extra like uh, leeway for that. You're gonna have to finish it on your own. And I was like, wow. Uh, well, you know, you, you know, we're making <laughs> oh. video games, right? Like, like this isn't oh. a report. Um, so I ended up, going on a 72 hour programming binge and I did all the animating myself. I did all the programming myself. I did all the artwork by myself and I pulled it off and she's like, well, that was a pretty good game, but uh, I'll give you a B on it. And I'm like, I hate you so much. I hate this. this I hate this whole system so much. And I dropped out the next semester. I was, I'm done. Dude, I can't, I think the thing that soured me for college was I had a, a, a writing professor that was like notoriously like gave people like D's on papers. Like, my dad, who went to school for communication, has like a really good job in the government involving writing and stuff like that. I had him review my papers for me and he's like, this is great. You're going to do awesome. I'd get it come back and I'd get a D and I stuck with the class through the year and got like D's and C's. And on my last paper, I ended up getting an A. And on the final, the professor was like, yeah, well, I know uh, most of the class has dropped out at this point, but uh, since you guys stuck with it, um, I, you know, your grades will reflect that. I ended up getting an A in the class. And I was like, this makes no sense. Yeah. Like, why That's would you just torture curve. people? Yeah, yeah, you just tortured us for nothing. <laughs> right. I was like, you well, know what? I'm done. <laughs> I had a I had an Asian literature class like a couple of years ago, um, which was a nightmare because it was like reading this this literature from like 500 AD from like China. And it was like just horrible to read. Um, but I literally there were probably 15 quizzes in that class i got an f on every single one of those quizzes and i still got an a in the class so i was like what <laughs> what does this mean like how does this work <laughs> I, was so gonna, I was gonna say a snappy comeback there i got nothing i have yeah i have no words to use for that dude the most disrespectful thing i think it ever happened to me in college was i was like i'm terrible at math which is like you know i should have i should have like knew that coming into uh yeah. video game design and a programming yeah. major but hey, you're 18 you know whatever and I went, I was in, it was my trig class, I think. And I was, I, I sat down with the professor and I was like, hey, listen. So like, I'm going to fail this course. We had like two or three weeks left in the semester. And I was like, what do I need to do in order to like, <laughs> what, what do I need to do in order to pass this class? And she's like, well, look, at, let's look at your scores. And she writes an equation out on the board. And she's like, so here's all your scores and uh, we'll make X the score you need to uh, get on the final. Solve that for me. And I was like, well, no, like I'm here because I can't do that. <laughs> and she she walked me through it and I thought she was going like, to give me some extra credit or something for solving it. No, it wasn't. It was just like, it was like, like we went through the whole equation. She's like, yeah, so this is the score you need on the final. It was like a 95. And I was like, oh boy. But let's let's jump back into some video game talks. This yeah. is a video game podcast. Uh, sure. Dustin, what? How do you feel about the PlayStation Five? Oh man, I'm I'm pumped. Which okay. I mean, I don't. 
I don't want to say I'm a PlayStation fanboy because I I have I'll buy anything because I'm an idiot and I'll just buy game consoles. <laughs> and it doesn't, it doesn't yeah, matter. Like me. Yeah. But man, I'm so excited. And honestly, like I know that not everyone can can throw finances around. I don't want to sound um, flippant, but it's like a lot of people are talking about the price and oh, is it going to be five hundred? Is it going to be six hundred? And I'm like, I don't care. Like <laughs> I have the money set aside. I'm ready to go. Whatever it is, I'll we'll make it happen. I don't care. I'll sell you know whatever. I'll sell my my kidney if I have to. It's just I'm I'm ready to go. But yeah, I'm I'm really curious, particularly now because we have that Xbox event coming up next week. Yeah. yeah. Um. And so I'm just curious about how they're going to respond. It's been an interesting back and forth because since last December, it was kind of Xbox leading the charge since they, you know, they showed off the box and they said Series X and da da da. And then it was kind of a bad dip when they did that third party, uh, the third party stream that was terrible. And yeah. so yeah, now sure. now we're going to see their first party, which I I come from I, I love the 360. That was my console of choice. And I love those mm-hmm. franchises. Mm-hmm. But this generation, I feel like they're just playing like the cover songs of their their greatest hits. Yeah. Like with Halo yeah. and Gears of War agree. and Fable. And I just. I want to be excited about those again, but Microsoft has not proven to me that they're that they even have a handle on their own IP. Like if you look at Halo Five and stuff like that. Yeah, so right. let's not talk about Halo Five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So like obviously you said you uh you talked to Colin uh, sometimes back and forth, and he's probably the prevailing expert on all things PlayStation at this point in the industry. Does he ever like give you his opinions and? Uh, do you guys ever talk like casually about the PlayStation Five and and, and, and what he thinks the the price is going to be and, and and whatnot? Hmm. Um. Colin, I don't usually just because I always hear him talk about on the shows and stuff like that. He has given me a couple tidbits of info here and there if he knows something, but not regularly. Oh, that's exciting. Um, like not very often. Like he told me he's like, yeah, Dark Souls is coming to PS Five. And then what's funny is that he he made it a big secret when he told me that Dark Souls is coming to PS5. And actually, he's, <laughs> he's just like, hey, Blue Point is working on a Dark Souls game. I was like, cool. That's so I feel like it was like one of the first secrets that I felt like I knew in the industry. Yeah, that's super cool. And then like a month or two later, he just said it on the show. I was like, well, I guess it wasn't that big of a secret. <laughs> so, um, um, so what do you think the, uh, the PlayStation is going to cost? I feel like. I don't know. Maybe it's wishful thinking. I feel like it's going to be a little lower than people expect. Oh. Like I could see a reality where the disc version is four ninety nine, and okay. that the, the, yeah. the version without a disc is four forty nine. I don't know if they're going to want to do halvesies on like a weird middle price like that, but that 4k Blu-ray drive only costs them $30, which I mean, they honestly could maybe do three ninety nine and four ninety nine because they'll make yeah. up so much of that money on digital sales. Yes, exactly. Right. That's what I was just gonna say. I'm guessing it's gonna be three ninety nine because they will want to maybe lose a little bit off the top since you will have to buy digital and they'll get that money back fast. Right. It makes sense. What games are you excited for? Right now, I guess this isn't I mean it is PS five, but I'm really been thinking about Elden Ring lately. Oh, okay. I'm really I excited. I wanna know more so bad. Oh, yeah. dude, 
I think it's going to be at that Xbox event. Like, I, I would lock that in, that it's going to be at the Xbox event. I think we're also going to see Fable. I really, and I hope yeah. we do. I love Fable so much. I was actually streaming it last night. And um, even the anniversary one, I was streaming it, and I'm like, God, this hasn't this hasn't aged very well. And I'm, I'm like, man, I really hope we get a new one, because there's so much to tell in this world. You know, and, right. and I love Fable so much. But you know what I was realizing the other night at work? I loved Horizon Zero Dawn. Like, I thought yeah, that game good. was one of the, the best on PS5, and it's amazing. But ever since I watched that trailer, I'm like, I just don't, I, I'm not excited for the new Horizon whatsoever. And I don't know what it was that turned me off about the trailer. I, I don't know if it was like the tropical environment or what, but I was just not about Horizon at all. I, I will say I've been playing uh, Spider-Man finally, like getting through yes, that. Yes, dude. I cannot freaking wait for, for Miles Morales. I know it's going to be a shorter experience, but honestly, like playing through this game again, like getting back into it, I'm like, you know, I, I am curious about Horizon. I, I, I voiced my opinion on the show before I wasn't big on it. And in fact, I think my my view on it, it's pretty similar to, to Chris because he was talking about it on Sacred Symbols a couple of weeks ago about how he just never just didn't really grab him. Um, but Spider-Man, man, I can't wait for that game. So good. Yeah. I, we all know I'm a Resident Evil fan. I, Resident Evil Village. I'm so excited. That does look sweet. I, I have theories. I have theories. I think, Austin, I told you about it. My theory is that the end of his story is Chris, is talking about yeah. Chris. Yeah. Something, well, I want it. I didn't, uh, I didn't play Resident Evil 7 because I'm a giant coward. Resident <laughs> Evil 7 is, it is a big departure for the series, but it's also genuinely one of my top 10 games of this generation. I like, uh, I like 5 because it's not scary. <laughs> I had to, when I played Resident Evil, I guess whatever the last one, was it 5? Yeah, seven. Oh, seven. Jeez, I can't. My numbers are all off. When I played Resident (laughs) Evil seven, I made sure that I played it with my wife. Like I refused to play it by myself. And I put my VR headset on one time and checked out VR mode. I like walked around and I was like, nope, I'm never doing that again. I I played half of it in VR and it got to the point kind of minor spoilers when you get to the boathouse and you go to open the door and she just opens the door and looks at you. I'm like, Nope, I'm out. No more VR. Getting it aside. (laughs) I'm all done. I never played it in VR again after that. Uh, Dustin, what's your opinion on the uh, PS five design? Oh, I think it looks cool. I mean, I think so too. People, this is what happens every time is that anytime a console is revealed, the instant reaction is to hate it just because it's different. At least that's how I feel now. Sure. There, I think there are people that legitimately don't like it, but honestly, by the thing this, you know, by the time it comes out, no one's going to care. Like, right. Whether you like it or not, it won't matter. I personally think the design looks cool. I'm a little curious about the size because with those comparisons, the thing is going to be giant, but I mean, again, whatever I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm in. Awesome. Awesome. Um, all right. Well, uh, anybody got any uh, closing statements or uh, questions? Uh, on, when it comes to the Xbox event, though, I just have to be that bro for a moment. Give me a new Forza Motorsport mainline, <laughs> not 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 Horizon. Don't get me wrong; I love the Horizon games, but I want a new Motorsport so bad. Yeah, true that sounds true that. sounds like oh it'll probably God. happen. Yeah, please. I've got a I've got a closing comment, totally right, off the wall. Yeah, right. I've been playing everybody's golf. Yeah, PlayStation 4. Such a good game. So 
I was ha- I had my friend, uh, my co-host Brandon over a couple weeks ago and uh, we were trying to figure out like, oh, let's play something. And I was like, let's pop in every- everybody's golf. Doesn't that have a-, a multiplayer mode? Like I didn't even I couldn't remember. And so I popped it in and we started playing the multiplayer mode. And man, it is incredibly fun to the point that now I'm like starting to get obsessive over it. Like right now I'm in between like I'm waiting for Ghost of Tsushima done with Last of Us. So I've been obsessed with everybody's golf playing it like almost every day and uh i just want to shout out that game because i forgot about it and it's it's really good it's so good. so have you been playing that uh like couch co-op like couch yeah. multiplayer there's like a controller pass mode yeah i've been wanting because my girlfriend like keeps seeing it sitting on the shelf and she's like we should play that and i was like i, I always wanted to go back and play it but i didn't know how the the you know couch co-op type stuff worked on it but um Man, yeah, I I freaking love that game. I I really really want to dig back into that now that you're you're bringing that up. I'll never forget through the the online where you can like drive around in right. the golf yeah. cart and stuff. And oh man, I'll tell you, everybody's it. golf VR is really good too. I need to play that. I think it, I'm gonna buy it. It like it was something you know. I loved everybody's golf, and I was excited for it because you know I thought it would be good. It is super fun. I w- have a total blast in that game. Yeah, I think I'm going to need I think I saw like you could buy it for like 10 bucks or something. So I, I'm probably going to just bite on that pretty soon. Also, so. the one course Absolutely, has dinosaurs yeah. walking around. Oh, wow. There's also um, there's a Hot Shots golf game on Vita yes. that I discovered the other day that Super I think you good. can also get for like $10. So I might yeah. buy that just to like play everybody's golf when I'm downstairs in front of the TV, play it before bed, play it when I wake up. I'm just I'm, you know. Everybody's golf is like 98% of my brain right now. So. <laughs> I oh, even man. bought a skin for that game, which I never thought I would do because they put Cat from Gravity Rush as a downloadable character. Whoa. Yeah. I would probably pay for that too, to be honest. It was so worth it. I, she's the only character I use now. All right. Well, uh, Dustin, I know we're, you got to get out of here soon. Do you want to uh, plug anything, man, for the, sure. for the show? Sure. Uh, well, you can follow me on Twitter at DustinCanFly. And of course, as we talked about earlier, there's the new episode of SideQuest out, uh, and that's on youtube.com slash Collins last. Well, I think it's Collins last stand slash SideQuest, not slash. I don't know what the URL is. If you search <laughs> Collins last stand SideQuest, you will find it and It'll you can find my video. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's all about Ready at Dawn. Uh, a lot of hours into that one. So check it out. And n- not to overload with plugs, but the one last thing I will say is. Uh, the HP podcast is the show that I host for handsome phantom and it is a ton of fun. So yeah, it's kind of a similar vibe to this show. Just some friends hanging out, talking about games. So yeah, if you like this show, maybe check it out. Just search that HP podcast in whatever podcast service of choice and you'll find it. So awesome. Awesome. Make sure to check them out. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in this week. Remember to, uh, write in your questions at frameskippodcast at gmail.com or at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash frameskippod, or finally at our Twitter at frameskippod. Uh, you can follow our hosts. I'm at Seth S. Taylor. Coach is, well, he doesn't have a Twitter anymore, so don't worry about that. Elijah is at Loco Lizard Man. Austin is at Austin J. Eller. Uh, this episode should be up Friday, July 17th. Uh, Dustin, your Twitter handle is at Dustin can fly, right? That's correct. All right, man. Thank you so, so much for, uh, for joining us this week. Uh, it's been a great episode. Thanks for sharing your story. Hopefully we can have you on again sometime. 
No problem. I would I would love that. This has been tons of fun. So I appreciate you guys. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Dustin. All right. Well, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, keep on gaming. Bye.